if you understand how to value a business, it ends up being your favorite and you actually embrace the fluctuations because if you know the true value of a business, you're actually happy when it's going down, right? You don't care if it's going up or down because if the company that you own um, starts selling for above the price that you think it's worth, you sell it, raise some cash, and then you wait for the market to correct and then you buy some more stuff um, that you think is, is, is relevant, which is you know what I did yesterday. So I've gotten asked a couple of times, how do you uh, value a, a business? Um, uh, recently, shout out to Josh Cloud, my chapter brother, uh, O-T-K-A-S-I. Uh, he asked me about it and I said, hey, you know what, man, I'll just do a video on it, send it to you. And I'll just, you know, I'm making a video uh, available to everybody, which is why I'm doing it live and dropping it on my podcast later. Uh, if, you, if you're not subscribed, Hashtag Ask Philip, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music. Uh, you can go straight to my site, askphilip.philipwashingtonjr.com. Um, but this is how to value business. Let me go, why, why is this important? And it's important because a lot of people, when they're investing, uh, a lot of people are speculating and don't know it. They're, they're basically saying, hey, I think this stock is going to go up because, right, I think this is the future. You know, I feel that. What I'm looking at is doing this, or it's going up, right? And and that's cool, but um, if you don't understand the value of the business, like over the short term, the stock market does this, and it's based on people's emotions and feelings, and I think and whatever. But over the long term, when I say long term, I'm not talking 30 years. I'm talking, you know, five years, seven years, eight years, ten years, right? Over the long term, uh, a, a, a a company, a stock, is going to follow um, uh, the cash flow of the company, right? So if you look at all different studies, right, if the cash flow of a company is growing at 15% a year over a 10-year period of time, and you look back at what the stock actually earned over that period of time, most of the time it's pretty close to that number that it, that it grew by. It's just in the short term, the stock market is trying to uh, – figure that out. So today it's moving because they're like, hey, we think it's going to grow at this rate or at this rate and it's processing all the news. But over the long term when the noise is out, um, those two correlate really well, right? You don't have to worry about this in a private business because if you're buying a private business that's not in the stock market, you don't have the fluctuations and you have two parties uh, that are agreeing on the price based based more on, um, you know, valuation. Uh, but in, in the stock market, they're, they're um, if you understand how to value a business, it ends up being your favorite and you actually embrace the fluctuations because if you know the true value of a business, you actually are happy when it's going down, right? And you don't care if it's going up or down because if the company that you own um, starts selling for above the price that you think it's worth, you sell it, raise some cash, and then you wait for the market to correct and then you buy some more stuff um, that you think is, is, is relevant, which is you know what I did yesterday. Uh, from the last, you know, from the last week's meltdown, and so this this is why learning how to value a company uh, is important, right? And 
I'm also go you know get into there's not one valuation method right what's most important is your valuation method is uh, conservative I've tested over the years different valuation methods uh, I found one that I liked and loved um, that uh, I read in a book about Warren Buffett um, um, uh, that I'm comfortable with right but again the valuation method is not what makes Warren Buffett it's the consistent uh, discipline of using one that's conservative. It's kind of like saying, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, Nick Saban's uh, football process is the only process that can win championships. No, I mean, process is important, but it's the consistency application of a good sound process, right? And so uh, I'm giving that background. One more background, right? Um, for those of you who, uh, if, you know, uh, I may do some calculations or say some things that you don't know what they mean, right? There's three calculations you're going to have to know how to do. Uh, it's a future value calculation, uh, rate of return calculation, or better said, a um, compound annual growth rate com uh, calculation, uh, and then just regular addition, right? But if you, there's two calculators on Investopedia. If you go to investopedia.com, and there's plenty of them on the internet, and you can look up Compound annual growth rate calculator and future value calculator. Um, they'll they got calculators for you to run the calculation, but you're gonna need to, need to know uh, how to do those uh, to do the five step valuation uh, formula, right? You're gonna also need to have some assumptions uh, or data for five points, right? You're gonna need to know um, uh, uh, an assumption of a price to earnings ratio, right? What's the price to earnings ratio? It's basically what are you willing to pay or what are investors willing to pay for, um, you know, a dollar of earnings in the stock. So for example, right, if, um, if a stock has $10 of earnings per share and the price to earnings ratio is, um, uh, or, if the, if, the, if the company has $10 um, earnings, right, and the price for the stock is $100 per share, right, then that stock has a P-E ratio of 10, right? 100 divided by 10 is 10, right? So the price to earnings ratio is what the price is divided by um, the current earnings, and it'll give you the price to earnings ratio, right? So you're gonna, you're gonna wanna have, and the price to earnings ratio fluctuates and changes uh, based on how excited investors are about the future or how like pessimistic they are about the future. And so um, getting this assumption right for your projections is really important and is why you have to, you know, so one step is having an assumption for price to earnings ratio. Next step is having an assumption for uh, the industry uh, and the business, right? So, so for example, if you don't know anything about biotech, uh, or that industry, it's going to be real hard for you to get a price to earnings assumption uh, for value of one of those companies. So it's best that you should stay away, right? You want to have companies you understand um, in depth, like industries you understand really well. You 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 know the ten year and twenty year theme. You know the players today, right? You know the clear winners today, um, and you gotta like not just guess it. You gotta know it to have a good idea of price to earnings ratios. Right, and then you have to look over history, right? You want to go through the history uh, and dig in. Like I pay for the software that gives me ten years of um, price to earnings ratio. It gives me averages, 
um, so you can make some assumptions, but you really want to uh, dig deep on there. So no, you got to have a PE ratio. You got to understand the business and the industry. Uh, you want to have an assumption for dividends, right? So you want to find those, and I'm going to get to how you're going to make the assumptions. You want to have an assumption of what, you know, or actually you just want to know what the current price to earnings ratio is, right? I like to personally use uh, deleted price to earnings ratios. Um, I'm not deleted, uh, diluted, right? It's a more conservative assumption. I won't explain in detail the nerd talk what that means, but it's, it's more conservative. It takes out like extra events that don't occur normally, like one-time sales of assets and all that kind of stuff. But you want to um, have uh, uh, the current earnings per share. Um, you want to know that, right? And you also want to have a history of the earnings and revenue uh, growth rate, right? What are the, you know, and I'm talking as long, you know, five years, 10 years, three years, as far back as you can go, but you want to know, all right, what, you know, at what rate are earnings growing at and what rate um, is revenue growing at for the company? And all these you can get on 10K. So at 10K, you can go to the, the SEC website for public traded companies. You can pull the 10K for all the years, right? You can do the math. You can also I pay a subscription fee to a service uh, that gives it all to me in an organized way. I still have to go through it, but it organizes it. So I have to go through 10 years of price to earnings ratios, uh, but you want to have all those, right? So once you have that data and you're able to make some assumptions, um, then you can get to the five-step process, right? So you're going to have to do some homework first. So step one, right? I gave a lot of background. Step one is you want to you want to project uh, what the future earnings are going to be and how far do you project? Depends on your time frame. I personally like to do five years from now, right? Because I... Uh, when I'm when I'm buying a stock, I'm I'm looking at a five to seven year uh, holding period, right? May end up holding it for one year, depending on what happens with the price. May end up holding it for fifteen years. I don't know exactly how long I'm going to hold it. When I want to, when I run a projection, I'm basing it off five years uh, because that's my assumed immediate term uh, holding period, right? And five years is just, you know, um, based on looking at history, it's a good time period for, um, you know how long it takes uh, companies that are undervalued in the short term to be fully valued um, over a long period of time, right? But again, it could be longer, it could be shorter. You never really know. But five years is my number, right? So when I'm projecting out earnings, I want to know, all right, what are the earnings likely going to be five years from now, right? So um, so how do you do it? You need to do a future value calculation. So remember the calculator on investopedia.com, uh, future value calculator. You want to plug in, all right, what are the current earnings per share, right? Um, so let's say the current earnings per share are $39.87, right? Then you want to say, all right, um, and I'm using a sample company, right? ABC company has current earnings of $39.87. And, and by the way, follow along. I'm giving you a fake company so you could... Do the math on your own and make sure you come to the same numbers at me as me. So when you go do it for a real company, it'll it'll work out. But let's assume company ABC has thirty nine dollars and eighty seven cents of um, current earnings, right? Future, and they say, okay, what what are the earnings likely going to be uh, five years from now? You have to you have to say, okay, how at what rate uh, will those earnings grow? And the way let me turn this off. The way the way you figure out at what rate the earnings are going to grow is you have to you, you go back to when you looked at what, you know when you got the growth rate of earnings and the growth rate of revenue. So one of the things you needed to get was, hey, you know over the last five years or ten years, uh, 
uh, how much have earnings grown, right? Over the last five years and 10 years, uh, how much have revenue grown a year, right? And you get an idea, right? It, you know, earnings might have grown at 20% a year and revenue might have grown at, uh, you know, 15% a year, right? Um, but you want to look at those numbers, look at the trend, uh, be conservative and have a number. But let, let's assume to get out of the nerd talk that actually I'm not getting, I'm, I'm just a straight nerdy, so I can't get out of the nerd talk. But let's assume that you say, okay, I think for some reason that conservatively the earnings will grow at 10% a year, right? So 39.87 current earnings growing at 10% a year in five years, those earnings will roughly be $64.21. So you're like, cool, I got that number. Okay. So you got that first number, which is the first, which is the first uh, projection you need to do. Right. Second projection you need to do is uh, future value, right? What is the future, uh, I'm sorry, future price. So what is the future price of the company likely going to be if the earnings grow at that rate? And I haven't assumed the other assumption. So you, you say, okay, um, uh, I have my future earnings number. So you have the $64 and what was that number? 21 cents. And then you multiply that by the assumed price to earnings ratio, right? So you say, okay, if if my earnings are $64.21, then what are investors likely willing to pay for earnings in five years, right? So let's, let's assume you did your homework, you know the industry, you understand the business, you looked at the history uh, of the price to earnings ratio, you picked a conservative number, and you say, okay, I think 23 is a safe, is a good number. I think 20 people are willing to pay 23 times earnings in five years for, uh, you know, for this company. So, um, so that, that gives you a number, right? That gives you a number, right? And let me actually tell you, let me actually figure out that number for you real quick. That gives you a number. So the number in this example, 23, 0.7 times 64.21 is fifteen $1,521.80, $1, right? So the price of a share of the company you're, you're looking to buy in this example will be $1,521.80. Um, um, but you need to add one more component. You need to say, all right, but is the company paying dividends, right? If the company is paying dividends, all I do is just add the, you know, uh, add what I think the dividend will be that year in there. So if if the dividend is going to be fifty bucks, I, I take fifty plus fifteen twenty one. That's fifteen seventy one. If there's no dividends, then the price is just fifteen twenty one. But you want to factor in dividends because the dividends are paid to you, um, um, and so it'll you can bake that into the price, right? Um, so in this example, let's assume you don't have dividends, right? So your expected price for the stock um, in the future is fifty. $1,521.80 uh, per share. All right now you're like, okay, cool, yeah. Okay, I figured out the future earnings. I figured out um, the future uh, uh, price, right? Now how do I know if it's a good investment? Well, you wanna do a, what's called a, uh, what I call it again? Just, what's the term? I need to find a term you're gonna find on Investopedia. It's a compounded annual growth rate return um, calculation right and so what you what you basically do is you say what's the current price today right so let's say let's say the price of the stock you're looking to buy today is 
$1,120. So you say, okay, I can buy a share of the stock for $1,120. The future price is gonna be $1,521.80. You plug that into the uh, compounded annual growth rate calculator, right, by saying you know today's price, future price, and then time period, which will be five years, right? So uh, you plug that in. Um, and you should get something like 6.32%, right? So you say, okay, my expected annual return, um, if, you know, that I'm a, on my assumptions are 6.32% a year, right? <clears throat> the question is, is that a good return? So step four, what I like to do is I can, I like to compare that to um, if I invested my money in what's called the risk-free rate, right? And the risk-free rate is, um, Investors consider it lending money to the U.S. government, right? Because if the U.S. government collapses, like every everything in the world goes um, to hell in a handbasket. It's what every asset class basically is priced off of, because um, it's considered the the it's the reserve country uh, reserve currency for the world, right? So for, forget that. Just know the risk free rate uh, is loaning the government loaning the U.S. government money. And I like to use the the 10-year bond rate today, it's at about 2.41%. So I say, okay, if I gave the U.S. government my money, I could expect the 2.4% uh, return on my money. Um, uh, this 6.32% is some, you know, multiples, little, a few multiples higher. Um, I like it, right? If it if it were close, if it were close to 2.4, um, I might say, ah. I can take no risk and earn that, so I'm not really going to do this stock. Uh, if it's less, easy no-brainer. But if it's here, I'm like, okay, I'm interested, right? So that's step four. Step five is then you compare it to other alternative investments that you value, that you like. So you may say, all right, I valued these four companies. Uh, this does better than those, uh, than two of them. Uh, but two of them, um, it's it's in a ballpark and it's attractive. And then you say, hey, I, you know, if I have some cash. Um, I think I want to buy it, uh, or I might want to sell something that I think is not going to grow as much and, and buy this. Um, uh, but step five is comparing it to other alternative companies, right? And I like to, when I'm looking at other uh, companies, I like to also know, are they dominant, right? Are they a dominant player? Not, do I think they will be a dominant player? Like, are they a dominant player? I like, when I, when I invest in a company or when I do business, period, I like to do what I call play one-on-one -on -one basketball against 12-year-olds, meaning, you know, I don't want any competition. I want it to be like a massacre on the court, right? If I play, if I play one on one basketball with a twelve year old that's not like LeBron James or Zion, like I would dominate. And so that's what I want to do um, when I'm looking at a company. I want to know what are those. So so here's some examples like Netflix. No, like Disney might be a distant number two. Nobody's close. Amazon. Nobody's close. Um, Facebook. Nobody's close. Um, you know, I want I want those types of companies. Spotify in 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 in, in um, the the audio world, right? Maybe Apple Music, um, but not really close. Apple in and of itself is a so I want to find the dominant players, right? I want to find good management, um, and then I want to have a company that has strong financials, meaning not a lot of debt, or if they do have debt, they can pay it off. It's, it's low relative to assets and cash flow, uh, because those those are. Those will help them through bad economic times. So if I can find a company that's valued well, that has a dominant player with a good balance sheet, with good management, that's a solid buy, right? And you don't have to have a whole lot. Like, you know, you can find five to eight 
stocks that you want to own over the long term and hold them. Um, and you can do uh, quite well, right? Um, if you're buying stocks, here's what I recommend. I don't, I don't, if, if, if this is, sounds crazy and you don't know what I'm talking about, then you should just buy all, put all your money in mutual funds or low cost ETFs. Um, if you do understand it and you're following me a little bit, I still don't recommend you put all your money, uh, in, in individual stocks. I don't, and this is what I do for a living. I like to, you know, I like to have, you know, you know, a smaller percentage of my money, uh, probably bigger than most, but not all my money in individual stocks. And then I have a portfolio uh, for me and my wife that's low-cost ETFs for the long term, well diversified. Um, you know, for our long-term, uh, you know, boring money, right? Um, so this is, you know, do the math. If you get, if you look if with the fake company you come with the same numbers as I do. Uh, you're good on the math. If you find a better valuation uh, process, go with that. I'm just giving you an example of the level of detail you want to go through when you're looking at value in a company. Um, there's some other calculators other than what I've mentioned that you can find through the calculations. Um, but uh, I'm really showing this to, to help people understand you know, the level of detail you need to go to when you're understanding a business, the importance of not guessing, uh, the enormous amount of homework you have to do uh, when valuing a company. Um, and if you're willing to do that, you know, over the long term, right, um, you can do well. And what it also allows you to do is not be afraid of market downturns. When market downturns happens, you become uh, excited because the companies that you were looking at that you wanted to buy that were too expensive, they become cheaper. And you're like, oh, man, I've been waiting to buy this company. Right? There's a whole lot of companies that I just can't buy right now that I want to buy because they're just they're too expensive, right? The dominant players, good management, strong balance sheet, they're just they're not priced right. And and the cool part is, you know, you get to a point to where you can really follow 20, 30 companies, 50 at most, that are dominant players in industries you understand with good balance sheet and strong managements. And then they'll, you know, some of them will be priced appropriately at the same time, some of them won't. And you kind of just stay updated on the industry and buying when they're cheap, sell them when they're not, and over and over and over again, and over a long period of time, you know, I think um, you can do well uh, by doing that uh, if you do the work. This information is for informational purposes and educational purposes, not meant to be considered personal investment advice. It's not to be considered a solicitation for purposes of specific securities, investment or investment credit, investment involved risk, and no investment guarantee unless so stated. Thank you.